All roads lead to Buffalo. The Jets are headed to upstate New York to take on the Bills on Sunday in a critical AFC East battle. Can Gang Green take down the Bills for a second time this season? We'll preview the game and make our predictions. Our guest this week, he covers the Jets and Giants for SNY. You see him all over Twitter. It's Connor Hughes. Connor will join Kaz and I on a new episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post next. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Gangs All here on New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Joining us later in the show friend of the program well his first time on but he sat two rooms down from cause it'll be connor hughes from sny he covers the jets as well as the giants cause big week jets bills in buffalo are you experiencing any flu-like symptoms (laughs) no but i am very nervous about that jake because the jets have flu-like symptoms i have some flu-like symptoms at my house right now my son is home sick from school my wife didn't feel well yesterday, so I'm uh, I'm playing with with danger right now. The flu's like uh, you know, forget about COVID. I'm back. The flu's like, remember us? We're the real OGs. We're the ones that get you sick. I always forget to get a flu shot until, and then I get it, and then I'm like, did I get one this year? I didn't get one. Damn it! Yeah, I haven't gotten one yet, and that's, I'm now now worried that I didn't get it yet. Yeah, I think next week I might go get one. I don't know if it's too late because it's midseason right now, but Fat, Corey Davis, DJ Reed, Michael Clemens, all of the flu, maybe even more. I mean, I mean, I guess flu, you could come back in a few days from it. Like, do you think this prohibits them from playing? No, no, no. I wouldn't be worried about the game. Like, they're not going to be sick for five days from the flu. They'll, they'll you know, that'd be something there. You remember these are, these guys are athletes. So it's not like they're 70 years old where they, they might be, you know, getting something like we saw it after the game Sunday. Um, DJ Reed was wearing a mask and he said he had woken up that, that he woke up that morning with uh, felt like fluid in his lungs. And he, he ended up coming out of the game for a snap because he couldn't breathe. He was on oxygen all game few other guys i saw wearing masks in the locker room so i think i think it was going around starting sunday well it's not good and they need them to get healthy because listen they could play but you know playing with the flu or flu-like symptoms won't be easy in a cold buffalo uh unflu i think you're worried does it spread jake that's what you're worried about now the guys could if guys get sick in the next couple days they could be in, in bad shape for the game the guys who miss practice today i think will be fine unflu-like symptoms was max mitchell what the hell is going on nfi list out for the season have you heard any rumor what what happened there or not no i haven't you know and i wouldn't speculate but you know just understand what non-football injury is it's you know it's nothing that happens in the game it's nothing um you know it could be a um 
something that happened off the field. It could be, uh, you know, a mental issue. It could be mental health like that. Alex Lewis, a few years ago in NFI when he had some trouble. So it could be, he sliced his hand, cutting an avocado. Like, you know, there's a whole variety of things it could be. And I, I haven't heard anything, Jacob, what, what it is. And, um, so, I'm, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, hope all is okay on his end. Um, it hurts the offensive line a bit in terms of depth, but now George Fant is locked and loaded as a starter, assuming he's fine from the flu. I mean, good God, they can't get him. The tackle situation is unbelievable. I mean, it's December and it's late in the season. I get it, but good God, this is crazy with the injuries, with the flu, people getting sick. Um, so George fans are starting right tackle and Dr. L LDT is back. Lauren Duvernay Tardif. Um, so I guess what is this Brown Tomlinson McGovern, her big fan on Sunday. Yeah. And Mike Remmers is the backup tackle. Salah said, um, so he'll be out there and then, yeah, they, they added LDT as a, uh, as a backup guard. So. All right. And then Michael Carter, we expect him to play. He's back practicing, right? Back practice and fully. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. He's a full going practice. Looks fine. Uh, I saw him during the special teams period. He was returning kicks. He looked good. Um, so, yeah, I think he's back. It's going to be interesting to see now what the split is there, right? Because Bam Knight sort of uh, put, he injected himself into the conversation here, and he needs, he needs to keep getting carries. Robert Sala was praising him today. Talked about his GPS numbers were insane from the game from that 48 yard run. I think he had, was clocked at a four, four three nine in that run. So he uh, he's he's going to have a still have a role. It's just going to be interesting what they do with Carter now and him uh, both in the backfield. What is GPS? I feel like I'm I'm driving somewhere. I don't know where I'm going. So they on the shoulder pads, Jake. They wear a device that in and the teams can get information. About how fast they're running, how you know how how many how much they move during a game. That's where the next gen stats come from. So if you see a next gen stat, like this guy hit twenty three miles an hour. It's be they all have they have chips in their shoulder pads that they wear. They wear them at practice too. So at practice or in training camp, they can say, "Hey, like you're only giving you're only giving your maximum effort on eight out of eight out of twenty five plays in practice because we have the numbers right here, and you ran this fast on eight plays." And in 17 plays, you ran this fast. So they have a lot of data now, these teams, on on their athletes. So many analytics going around these days. Um, well, we will see a combination, and we might see James Robinson, much to his dismay, inactive again, right? Like Ty Johnson might be number three. I would think so, yeah. I don't see why not. He didn't do anything in that game to make it otherwise. And at some point, you know, you start thinking about that draft pick. You don't want him to come Here close to 240 yards. No, no, you come on. You don't. But if you're the Jets, I don't think he's going to. I don't know how many yards he has. It was 240 he needed, right, for the pick to go from a six to Which a is five. crazy because we thought that was a lock, and now it's nowhere close to a lock. Yeah, but, like, yeah, you don't even want him to come close to that now if you're the Jets, right? You don't even want to risk it. Like, like let it be a six-round pick. Yeah, so go from a six to a fifth if he gets 240, and it might come down to the final week. Or How many does he have right now? Do, we, do you have it? Uh, I'd have to check. Let's see. Um I'd imagine he's under a hundred. Not he much. Had to, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has see. to be under a hundred. Let's see the game log. He is at he's at four twenty five for the season now with the Jets. He's at 10, 10, 48, 58, 68, 78, 85. So he needs one hundred and fifteen plus four. He needs one hundred and fifty five yards 
in five games, essentially. So that's it's not much, but so, you know, it's about 30 a game, 27 a game, 28 a game. All right. Well, if he gets 28 a game, that goes from a sixth to a fifth. Well, the Jets right now are the seventh seed season ended today. They play the one team, literally the legit one team you do not want to play in Kansas City. So that has plenty of room to change. Maybe, you know, the Chiefs take the one and you know, listen, the Bills uh, lose this week. Maybe Chiefs end up one, Jets end up two, and you get a third Jets-Bills matchup. Chief had, Chiefs had a pretty easy schedule down the stretch, Jake. Yeah. Because that NFC, NFC West is like not what we thought. AFC West, right, is not what we thought it was going to be, right? The Broncos are dogs. I think they play the Broncos twice. Um, I remember right. The Raiders are the Raiders are coming on. Chargers, are, eh. but you know the Bills have a much tougher road ahead. With the, they play all three teams in the AFC still. Yeah, Jets, Dolphins, but they get the Bears in there. But they then they get the Bengals who are surging, Bengals and then the good. Patriots. Although I think the Patriots at that point will be pretty much toast. But yeah, definitely a tougher schedule. Um, and then you know the games of importance this week: Ravens at Steelers. They'll be watching for playoff seating. It's an interesting one. You know, Pickett's looked solid. That's not an easy win for the Ra- Ravens have not looked good. And Lamar Jackson's banged up. So that could be an interesting game. Browns at Bengals could be interesting. Deshaun Watson, a game under his belt. Jaguars at Titans. Titans haven't looked great lately, but it is the Jaguars. Chiefs, Broncos, like we said, Broncos are, you know, an automatic win, whoever uh, plays them. And then Dolphins, Chargers is the big one that got flexed to Sunday night. Guys, that's pretty much a win-win for the Jets. I'm trying to think who I would rather. I guess I'd rather the Chargers lose. I think you want the Chargers lose. You want it to be. You want that to be like an elimination game almost, right? Like, yeah, I think you want the Chargers to lose that game because then you think about the tiebreaker with them that hurts their conference record, um, and then the Chargers have Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos, so four winnable games. So yeah, that's kind of an elimination. Although you look at it as Miami loses then it makes that last week 18 game even that much more interesting if Miami could scratch out one more loss because then the Jets are playing for the tiebreaker and potentially knocking them out of the playoffs. But that's far down the road. It's Jets-Bills in Buffalo, 1 o'clock CBS. And how about this? The Jets get the A-team broadcast. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call in December on CBS. Who would have thought? We are far from the Spiro Ditas. I've ripped oh, Spiro Ditas oh, too many not times. Nice. But not when nice. listen, they go from the C or D crew to the A crew. It means business. Nine and three Bills, seven and five Jets. Jets are nine point underdogs. No respect. The Bills coming in hot, cause, but, you know, they beat the Browns in Detroit with Brissett. They beat the Lions in Detroit, back-to-back games in Detroit, and they beat the Patriots, who aren't great. So there's not much to take out of that win streak. Break the game down. Make your pick. Yeah, I think the line, Jake, is a big one. I was I was surprised at how, how wide the, the line was. I guess that's because it's in Buffalo. I mean, the Jets beat this team uh, not that long ago, so that line surprised me. Yeah, I think, Jake, it comes down to, you know, and this is almost every football game, but I really think turnovers are huge in this one because Josh Allen has 11 interceptions this season, second most in the NFL. Uh, We saw it in the first game when he turned the ball over twice against the Jets, and especially the late one was key, key, key for the Jets in the game. So Jets have to get him to turn it over again. Um, It's something their defense hasn't done a great job of lately. They Overall this season, they've been great turning the ball over. They haven't done a good job in recent weeks. 
So they need to force some turnovers from Allen. They need to make the Bills one-dimensional. They can't let them run the ball. Uh, I think if the Bills start running the ball, the Jets are in trouble. It's supposed to be a wet day on Sunday. And then on offense, it's what we talk about every week, run the ball and don't turn it over. And, um, you know, Mike White has done a good job of that for the most part. Sunday's interceptions against the Vikings, you know, the first one wasn't a great pass, tip ball. And the last one, I, I, I don't blame him. He's just trying to make a play there in the final play of the game. So that's the key to me. Um, look, I think the Bills are going to be very focused for this game after losing at MetLife last month. I think this is a tall order for the Jets. This is going to be a playoff-like atmosphere. Uh, I think the Bills will win this game. Give me 28 to 17, Jake. I'll go with. Wow, taking a blowout. Ah, 11 points isn't a blowout, Jake. No, but I'm not going to middle it where I'm going to say the Bills are going to win, Jets are going to cover. I'll take the Bills to win and cover this spread. All right, well, we shall see if that comes to fruition. I think the only time I picked against the Jets this year, I've I've definitely been a homer this year. Someone said I'm a, a fanboy and I'm picking the Jets. You know, you are a fanboy though. It's partially true. It's not inaccurate. The, that comment didn't persuade my decision, but I just think, like I said, the Bills are, you know, they're on a win streak. They're kicking it into gear. I thought Josh Allen was a little banged up at the end of that game when the Jets beat him. You know, his elbow was banged up. Um, this team is cruising now. They're playing like we expected them to play. And like you said, playoff atmosphere in Buffalo, cold conditions is very difficult. But I think the Jets will fight till the end. But for once, I'm not going to take them. And it worked last time when I took the Bills against the Jets because the Jets won. The whole world did. I'm going to take the Bills 23-20 in a tight one. The over is, I think, 44. So it's, I wouldn't bet on that because it's going to be close. But I just think, like you said, tall order. I hope Mike White plays well. They get Michael Carter back. I think that's why it'll be tight. But this this Bills team might be too good in their own building. And listen, I hope if the Jets make it, they don't have to play them again there because it's you say it's cold in conditions now. Buffalo in January, they might be playing in three feet of snow. Yeah, the coldest I've ever been in my life. Jake was Buffalo in January. I went there for Rex Ryan's introductory press conference at the, as the Bills head coach. So that's like mid January. Oh my God. It was like 20 below zero. It was, and it was windy and just awful. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I do not, I don't care about the jets going there. I don't want to go there in January. Well, if they don't, if the Jets don't make it, are they make? I guess you have to cover. The game. Yeah, well, it's it's in the past, so it's going to be interesting to see what we do. In the past, I used to go to games uh, no matter what, and during the last few years, it's been different. It's been covering from the couch. Uh, COVID kind of changed the way we viewed things, so I don't know if I'll be back on the road again um, for playoff games that the Jets aren't involved in. And I'm sure your couch would be calling your name and and you would love to be there versus Buffalo. I don't blame you. I don't even know if the Jets build. I don't know if I'd make the trip. Um, I just don't know if I could do it. I have some Bills fan friends, obviously Jet fan friends. So maybe, but uh, I don't know. I can't do the zero below. Um, that's instant. That's instant flu. That's you're instantly getting the flu as soon as you get back. Well, we hope our next guest doesn't have any flu like symptoms. That's Connor Hughes, Jets reporter for SNY. He'll join gangs all here next. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back on Gangs All here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello, and it's taken a while to get him on the show. He's a busy man. He lives far from the stadium, but he is with us now. You see him all over Twitter and, and your TV screens and your YouTube screens. He's an NFL reporter covering the Jets and Giants. If he's at one, he's got the game on the iPad on the other. It's Connor Hughes with SNY. You know, we are colleagues, I guess, the post and SNY. Follow him on Twitter at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. So many goddamn underscores. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've tried, I tried the whole like uh, C Hughes, CJ Hughes, just no underscores. I just, I think I got on the, uh, I got on the the bandwagon a little late, and there was no, no other variation of my name I could grab without just having the underscores there. Connor was seven when Twitter started, Jake. That was that is problem. true. I started my yeah. It was I was actually in uh, early in, in high school was when I remember sitting in my uh, TV tech class and I remember being like, "What's a Twitter?" Because remember that old cause. Remember that old commercial that was like you know. The, there was it was like uh, I think it was like AT and T and it was like all about the statistics and it was like oh like 30, 37 thousand people just tweeted and there's twenty seven thousand you that don't know what that means so yeah I was around for that for that era I gotta start the the insult tally take a shot for every time Kazel insult <laughs> oh, then, you're not gonna make it through the show <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come on come on I. You know, I wonder, you know, who, who's booking the show, Jake? Connor's, you know, we got Connor, but it's all right. We're Connor and I are separated by poor Zach Rosenblatt is, in, is between us. He's going to get this uh, podcast in stereo today. Yeah, well, listen, he it was like booking the president. You know, we we finally got him. It was a tough. It took till oh, December. He's a busy 7th. guy. He's a busy yeah. guy. Listen, he's all over the place, and you know, you're doing a great job, Connor, on the beat this year, covering both sides, the Jets and Giants. How difficult has that been? You know, having a game on the iPad at one stadium, maybe in one country when you're in London and still following the other. It hasn't been bad. I mean, I, I don't think so. I think just the, the hardest thing, honestly, is just the the FOMO aspect of it. You know, obviously we're, you know, Kaz will tell you the same thing. It's a, this is the New York market. It is an incredibly competitive beat, obviously. So if I'm over there with the Giants, it's kind of like the, well, what the hell am I missing with the Jets? And then if I'm with the Jets, it's like, oh, what am I missing with the Giants? So I think that aspect of it's been been a challenge and just kind of an acclimation uh, for that. But aside from that, man, I love it. I love every second of it. It's cool doing both teams. It's cool still keeping my hand in Jets coverage. I never wanted to leave that because that's kind of where my career really, really began. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed every second of it so far. And we've enjoyed having Connor not be here some days, you know, that's been yeah. that's been. <laughs> Yeah, I was asked for my schedule for anybody food, else does. The food here doesn't get chronicled, Jake, as well. When Connor's not here, he sends out the food that we have. I said, I'm going to come here for lunch and then just bounce yeah, out and go to the Giants after that. Yeah, for their like soggy sandwiches. I'll I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll come here for what? I mean, what do we have? Walleye today? I didn't even know what that was. I thought I thought Wally was a movie. I didn't realize it was food, too. So what I'm is Walleye? This. Fish. I don't know. It's, it's good, though. Fish. Hey, you never heard of oh, Walleye? My... Come on. Yeah, fish. your guy's boy Dunleavy is like losing his freaking yeah, yeah. mind over here. Yeah. It's not chicken fingers and French fries. Those are the essentials. I, I'm, I'm with them there. Is there been a more side, more fun to cover? I mean, they both have been surprising stories, but is there one side you've not enjoyed more, but that has had more storylines per se? No, I'd say I, I, I'll just be honest. I think I've, I've probably enjoyed covering the Jets this year a little bit more than the Giants, just because I think the Jets are more fun to watch. You know, the, the Giants play a style of football every single week that isn't very easy on the eyes, unless you're the 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 diest of all diehard Giant fans, right? I mean, they basically just try to out ugly their opponent. They play a really ugly brand of football. Uh, they try to keep it to within one possession. And then in, in the fourth quarter, they could just hopefully pull it out at some point. Right. So 
the Jets actually look across, and the things don't always go their way. Obviously, when Zach Wilson was out there, it certainly was not very pretty, but they have talented players everywhere, you know, which makes sense because this is what Joe Douglas has been here since 2019. He's had the 2020, 2021, 2022 drafts. Uh, including free agent signings. So this team has talent around there when Joe Shane's just taking over. So I think just from a, a visual standpoint, the Jets are a bit more fun to watch right now. I think the Jet, the Giants could be there in a couple of years, but the Jets are just a more entertaining team at the moment. You know, with the Giants, hey, kudos to them. Well-coached team, they're winning games. But if you want the entertainment aspect of it, I don't think you're uh, you're getting it from Big Blue this year. Do you get questions, Connor, from either organization about the other one? Yeah, it's fine. And I didn't expect that. It was like it was it was funny. It's like some people over here that that didn't usually talk, and then suddenly like, hey, I'm just kind of curious about blah 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 blah. But no, it is like they're like it, this, the Jets are always curious about the Giants. Giants are always curious about the Jets, uh, which I didn't think was a thing. I always thought that was just kind of you know hearsay or or you know an assumption. Oh, it's no, a that, thing. That's really legit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's real. Since the quarterback change, uh, what's your impressions? It seems like everyone likes Mike White. All the teammates like him. You know, they love him. I'm sure post-game pressers have been a little bit easier on you guys with Mike White uh, in there. What what did you think of these few weeks so far? I I think Kaz can say the same thing. This is probably the best quarterback play we've seen all year, right? I mean, because even when Zach was out there, the Jets weren't, with the exception, and we joke about this uh, a little bit here. Pittsburgh. Yeah, the fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be put up next to the uh, next to the Lombardi Trophy that they have here. It's gonna be the uh, the box score from that fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. But aside from that, when he went what like eleven to twelve with the touchdown and and led the Jets back and all that stuff, virtually every single other game has just seemed like the Jets were trying to win in spite of their quarterback. You know, playing like that Giants brand of football where it's just get into the fourth quarter hope the defense almost pitches a shutout and then our offense with Brees Hall can break something long and and get in the end zone and score a touchdown or something like that. So I think since they put Mike White in, you've sort of seen what this offense can do. And obviously it's, it's not perfect, right? I mean, Michael floor certainly did not call a a perfect game on Sunday against the Vikings, but what you saw against the bears and what you saw in the second half against Minnesota is that this offense isn't just a ground and pound gutted out, you know, try to, as we're saying about the giants out ugly, your opponent. I mean, they can do some things, you know, look at Garrett Wilson. The guy looks like a star. Look at Elijah Moore. He's risen from the dead. Corey Davis suddenly starting to make plays. We saw CJ Uzama catch a deep one down the right side. Um, So they're, they're these players that were kind of afterthoughts and, and Oh my God, what's wrong with them this year. As soon as you put Mike white in, he started making plays. And I think what kind of surprised me a little bit, uh, when I rewatched that game against Minnesota, because like you said, I mean, I was covering the Giants game, so I had the Jets on the iPad, but you're not, you, know, you can't be uh, entirely engaged in both games. So you kind of have to do, you watch it back later. Was that when you look at the Bengal game that White played last year and even the Bear game, there were a couple nice throws, but for the most part, dudes were open, right? I mean, like the the players were open and Mike White was throwing the ball to open receivers and, and kudos to him. He hit the open receiver, but they were they were throws that were there to be made. In the second half against the Vikings, that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? They were, there were situations certainly where guys were open, but he was finding windows, fitting the ball in the tight holes that, that I didn't know existed and was playing a level of football that I didn't know Mike White could, right? Because... Going into that game, it was like, okay, he's the game manager the Jets have been looking for, and he's going to be able to manage the game better than Zach Wilson, who had a tendency to kind of lose the Jets games, if you will. With Mike White, I think what he taught or showed a lot of people in that second half against Minnesota is that you can put the game on his shoulders a little bit, and he can make some legitimate plays. And it's not about winning in spite of your quarterback anymore, but you can use your quarterback as a little bit of a weapon. So uh, if you're a a Jet, obviously, if you're a member of the Jets front office and and the coaching staff, you got to love seeing that, although you do wish the guy who was doing it was the dude you picked second overall. But also, if you're a Jet fan, um, you got to like that, too, because finally, you know, the the one weakness was like, oh, well, the quarterback hasn't developed at the same rate. 
I think you can look at this one and be like, you know, no, not now the Jets might just have a quarterback, uh, at least for this year, at their disposal. I agree with you, Connor, about the throws, because that kind of always been my question with Mike White. It was like, yeah, he could throw the underneath stuff, but when they needed to make the big throw, can he make it? And he did that Sunday, even in the loss. I think he walked away going, holy crap. Like, to me, the play was the fourth and ten. Throw to Corey Davis was like, because when he got hit on third down, he like I watched. I him he was dead. Yeah, yeah, he got his arm got hit, his ribs got hit. Like that was like a car crash hit, and he was on the ground. You see him laying on the ground for a while, and I was surprised Salah went for it because I was like, if I saw my quarterback laying on the ground, it's fourth and ten. I have three timeouts. I punt there and play defense and try to get the ball back, and then he comes up with that throw on fourth down. Like that was a ballsy throw. So, yeah, he he showed me something Sunday that I hadn't seen from him before. And now, you know, he's got to do it again. Like, the Bills' defense is a better defense than he's played this year. So, like, the Bear, Bears' defense sucked. The Vikings' defense was, you know, the Vikings' defense is okay. But now, now he's got a real defense to do it against. And it wasn't even, like, the throw to Corey was not – like, I that, that one was obviously the one that stolen, stolen, obviously, a lot of the attention. But the two other ones that really stood out to me were end of the first half where he hit Garrett uh, on the left side on, like, a deep – like, it was, like, that corner route, like, on the deep out right on the sideline, which kind of set up that 60-yard field goal. And then after he missed Garrett for, like, what would have been a touchdown, to come back and hit Corey on the same throw. I mean, any anyone will tell you, any coach – yeah, any coach, any quarterback, any offensive guy, even defensive guy will tell you, like, that hardest throw – is from the middle to the outside hash by the sideline. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the testament of arm strength. Like, everyone wants to talk about throwing it 70, 80 yards down the field. That's not what it's about. It's can you hit that outside hash? And to watch him make those two throws on a line, on a bullet, hit the guy right in the hands. I mean, those were throws. I did, I did not think Mike White could make those throws. I really didn't. So it was like, oh, just let him manage the game. Well, no, now you can use him to actually attack a defense, which, you know, like I've, I've said this a couple of times on, on SNY, where, you know, it's not only – when they put when they made this switch and they went to Mike White, you basically now gave the Jets their full offensive playbook again, right? Like they they didn't have a full playbook with Zach because if you asked Zach to throw 30, 35 times, you knew he was going to throw three or four passes that could be or would be intercepted. With Mike, you now had the whole playbook there, right? Well, after that Viking game, I think you can now start adding things to the playbook and changing the way that you run your offense because of what now you can see he's potentially capable of. And I know the the Vikings pass defense isn't all that great, and this will be the real true test. Uh, against Buffalo, but if he if he does it again here against Buffalo, cause I mean, you and I both see the schedule after this, right? You got the Lions; they're not. I know they're winning, but they're not very good. And then you have the Jaguars, who are a disaster. So I mean, the the schedule. This is this is the tough stretch. He's got to survive this tough stretch. Obviously, I think you're in a plus grade against the the Bears. He was certainly really good in that second half against the Vikings, and now he's got another big test here against Buffalo. And and if he if he passes this one, win or lose, uh, just keeps this one close or or pulls the upset. I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of full steam ahead with Mike White the rest of the way there. You mentioned the play calling. I hated Lafleur's play calling at the oh, one. Here we one. go. Here I know we go. a lot of Jets fans. It worked. Did. They yeah. had a guy open. That's that's the thing. So yeah, like, he catches the ball. They win. The Why game. not punch it in on third? And because then it if he catches third, the ball, they win the game. Of course. Game. But it what happened on third down? That play sucked. It was an RPO. It was an RPO. He and he decided yeah. to throw the pass, and Garrett fell down. He could have run the ball, you know, so he fell down. They read the first first, first down, they hand the ball off tonight. He gets hit in the backfield by Zadarius Smith. Somehow he wiggles out of it, gets a few yards to the one. Second down, he gets drilled in the backfield by Harrison Smith. 
So that's two runs. He gets hit in the backfield. So you're, oh, keep going. Keep running the ball. Like, it, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So, like, he catches the ball. They win the game. That's, like, this, this play call stuff drives me batty. So the way I went at it is I, I was talking to somebody over here in the in this building. And the way I was, like, the way, and again, I, I don't, I do not pretend to be an office coordinator, do not pretend to be a coach. That's, like, my favorite thing is around the draft because – I really feel like I know as much as everyone else because no one freaking knows about the draft. Like it's just, no, it's an inexact science. It's Todd, like Todd said it, right? Right. Cause it was the, the educated crapshoot. Like, I love it. Like I've loved the way that's been described all the time. So like that, my very, you know, elementary football play calling experience on this, which was calling plays for our flag football team way back when was that it, okay. The first down play call gets you down to the one. Like my thought press was second and goal at the one. I would have run like a little boot, just given Mike like the option to throw it, run it or throw it away. Third and goal at the one, either run the run a dive or quarterback sneak it up the middle. Then fourth and goal at the one, you've got everything at the table. If you're on the inch yard line, you quarterback sneak it, all that stuff. And then when I was talking to this one person, they were like, yeah, you're right. Like that's that's a good logic that might have worked. Also, our play calls worked as well because the guy was open and hit him in his hands and he dropped it. So it's it's if you're if your goal is to set up a touchdown, eventually they the Jets called a play where Braxton Barrios was open. Mike White hit him with the pass. The ball was in Barrios's hands and he dropped it. So the like ball was a little behind. It, it wasn't it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a great throw. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Pass. Yeah. But yeah. it was it's a it was there. He should have caught it, but but it wasn't perfect throw. But like yeah, I mean the only criticism I had was I would have had I didn't like empty because I, I at least want the defense to think I might run it there. Cause I think you're giving them the answers to the test when you run empty and okay, they're going to throw it here. But that was my only criticism, but yeah, the play worked. I, I just, I also, you know, I don't hate though. This is like an old, I remember, I, I think I saw, I remember, I remember Kerry Collins did this against the jets way back when, when he was still quarterbacking the giants is like when you're down near the goal line inside that five and you spread the field with a quarterback that clearly is not a runner, and then you run the quarterback draw right up the middle. I feel like that always works. Like, I don't know why. Like, I just feel like the defense is like, oh, there's no way this they're going to design a run for this. And it's just you take the one step back, you hitch, and you run it up the middle. Like, I love that. I wouldn't run on a fourth and goal at the one, but that third and goal at the one, I wouldn't have hated. Like, just... Jake wanted the reverse, Connor. Jake wants him to run the reverse at the one. <laughs> oh, to Barrios again? He's, for, a, he's for, all about for, the reverses. He loves the reverses. Well, in the middle of the field, not at the goal line. But If I, I see I'm another Braxton QB. Barrios end around, I'm going to... Come I'm on, it, work, it was year. working the other day. It works, though. Give Elijah a few end arounds every week. He that's that's my stance. Just give one. those touches to Elijah. And Barrios. he got a first down on it. He made like three guys miss and got the Barrios first. Barrios scored a touchdown, though. Remember? Yeah, he so did Elijah scared. last year. So did Elijah last year. But Barrios is good at that. He's like a kick returner when he comes around the edge. It's, 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 you just can't run it constantly. They've just run it too much. You can say White doesn't love running the ball. Like, there was one time where he had a ton of room and just waited to the last well, look at he's a pocket run. passer it's like yeah. Yeah, obviously i mean some guys just don't run it like i think they don't like even when he did run it it was painful like both even the quarterback sneaks were painful. well the first one was okay the one near the goal line was painful to watch and when he did run it to get him down to the one that was painful to watch so i mean it wasn't like you can see why he doesn't run the ball it's not it's not a pretty sight i just feel this is a growing process for both of them lafleur's figuring out what to do with mike white new quarterback i don't know not just that call i think throwing it 57 times 58 times is not the recipe to, for success. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, the only the only thing is, and I I meant to look this up is how many of those throws were like at the line of scrimmage or a few yards beyond. Because I do think in the first half they were pumping those little throws. It was basically that was their running game. You know, it's basically a run when Corey Davis goes in motion behind Mike White and he flips it out to him. That's basically a run. You know, like that they were 
the short passing game was the running game in the first half. So that did, but I, I agree with you. You can't win, you know, having Mike White throw 58 times a game. That's not going to work. Basically, the only person you do that with is Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. What's your prediction here? Do you think the Jets end up making the playoffs? Uh-oh, you put them on the spot. Well, I think that, so it's, it's. I mean, I think they're going to get to nine wins because I, I think they'll definitely beat the Lions and I think they'll definitely beat the, uh, the Jaguars. I think that money game that I'm uncertain of is Seattle. Because every time I look at him, like Gino's going to come back down to earth. Well, it's what, like week 14 and he has not come back. Every time I look at the Seahawks box score every single week to see if Gino stinks again and he doesn't. And it's like every game is the same. Like there's some interceptions thrown in there, but it's over 300. It's 60 plus completion percentage. It's two touchdowns or three touchdowns and maybe a pick in there. And the Seahawks are in every game. And I, I will say I don't like Seattle's defense at all. Like I think the Jets will be able to move against the defense. I think the Jets will be able to move against that defense. And theoretically, you would think this this top five, top ten defense would be able to shut down Geno Smith. But every single game the Seahawks have played this year, Geno's done it. You know what I mean? Like didn't Geno? Geno had a pretty good game against the Broncos Week One too, right? And that's that's I mean that's that's a top three defense, top two, top one. I mean that's one of the best. Now, granted, it's Week One. I know, blah blah blah, but. I mean, Gino's been doing it every week, and you know he's going to be fired up for that one. Plus, the Jets are going cross country, which you can't underestimate. Tough so place to that's play. A tough one. That's a tough one, man, because I think that'll that could potentially decide it. Because I don't think the Jets are going to beat Miami and Miami, and this one this week is going to be now. Look, Jets win this game, pull the upset. Yeah, I think they're a shoe in for the playoffs, but I think that Seahawks game is going to be the real one that decides it for them. Jets have had some horror shows out in Seattle. Snow game in 2008. Was that when Gino – didn't Gino sleep through the alarm? Was that Seattle? No, nah, that was San Diego. That was um, San Diego? Okay. Seattle, I miss covering San Diego games. What was that road trip like? Isn't oh, San Diego best, gorgeous? The best. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah I miss don't, that one. Don't make me cry. They, yeah, 2008, they played in the snow, and Favre's arm basically fell off, and they lost to uh, Seneca Wallace, I think, was the season. Oh, my God. Dude, he played forever. Seneca Wallace was in the league for like 10 Mike, years. Mike Holmgren's last game, last home game, uh, was a, it was a disaster. Sean Ellis threw a snow boulder at somebody. and got Oh, there. I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that highlight. And yeah. in 2012, I remember they were there. And like the one chance Tebow had to score a touchdown was there. And Dustin Keller jumped off sides. And so they, it was like right there. Tebow was going to run in. And they, they got penalized. And they lost. That was like Russell Wilson's rookie year. And then they got stomped there a few years ago when we were during COVID. We weren't there. Yeah. Right? They got, they got God, crushed. That was the first game. Um, who who they replace Greg with? Right? Didn't they replace? That was the first. Who was yes, that? Frank Bush. Frank, Frank Bush. Bush. That's it. Yeah, because they just replaced. Um, they just replaced Greg, and they got smacked. Well, that was when it was like, oh, well, they're going to lose every game now. Like once they replaced the DC and gave up fifty or whatever the hell it was, it was like, oh, he's done. And they bounced back and won to their credit. They also that COVID year also ruined us a week in Southern California because Gase was keeping them out there. That's what I'll always remember. I do wish Jamal was healthy for that game. That would be fun. Jamal, Jamal, and Gino. That'd be a great storyline. Cos wants to write about it so bad. Just, just Jamal and Gino take down the Jets playoff. Not hope. take He's down. Got... No, I mean maybe I have my lead written already. Jake, you might be yeah. right, but uh, <laughs> not. You know, I just it would, it's just an interesting storyline. Even if the Jets, if the Jets, either way, if the Jets, you know, completely end this Gino hype train, that's also a good story. It's and also that would be this theoretically could be the game also for Seattle. So you have Seattle and the Jets both fighting for one of those wild card spots. This could be the one where the Jets either kick Seattle out or Seattle ends the Jets' hopes. And you know that would be – man, could you imagine – that would have been a hell of a story, man, where it's Jamal who left the Jets because they had no chance of winning and spent all that time on every podcast talking about how great Seattle was and their winners, the cigar, the music in the locker room. And then the Jets, however many years are now that he's been gone, two or three years, 
and they're the ones that kick him out of the playoffs. Man, that would be that would have been a hell of a story. Jamal was always such a phony anyway, though. He drove me nuts. Any 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 more on that? <laughs> Jamal being a phony? I mean, everyone saw it. Like and that's not that's not breaking news. That's just I mean, look at his Twitter handle when he was with the Jets compared to when he wasn't. Like it was just typical LSU. Are you still blocked? Are you still blocked by Jamal? I'm still blocked by Jamal. I no, you know, um, I don't know. I think I'm actually unblocked. I was. I, he unblocked me at some point. I was blocked, though. That was on his way out when we were all like, we all started writing columns about like him demanding his trade and stuff being like, this is silly. Like, what are you doing here? Was when we all got blocked, except for one. And we obviously figured out why I'm there. All right. Well, we'll see what happens the next few weeks. Miami's going to be an interesting one, too, because they're coming back down to earth just a little bit. And hopefully warm weather there, maybe. Maybe it's a winning in kind of game in that final week. So we'll see what happens. I would hope so, because that would send me to Miami. I would be down for that. That would because the other option is Philadelphia, but I have a feeling the Giants are probably you live closer to, to Philadelphia. I know, but Miami is warmer and I haven't been able to play golf in like two weeks. So we're gonna uh we're gonna oh, hope for the, go. the eighty degrees in Miami. I hope that game is important because I have a decision of going to that or my brother's engagement party in Georgia that weekend. And Kaz says it's okay that I skip out the engagement party. And you absolutely can. There's going to be a wedding. He can't skip like, the wedding. He can't skip yeah. the wedding, but you can course, skip the engagement my brother. party. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, an engagement party? Come on. And you do it week 18 of the football season? Like, can you check the NFL schedule? And is his fiance? Wait, are they already a, engaged? Yeah. His fiance is a Falcons fan who like likes football. So I'm like, well, you, you think you want to watch the game or something? But that's a that's a bust, as Todd would say. As Todd Bowles would say, that's a bust. Is that a place, Jake? Like, did they have to like pay for a place or is it? I like, think it's maybe house? a re- restaurant, I think, or something. If uh, you're going to do an engagement party, you do it. When did they get engaged? A few months ago, I think. What the fuck? Terrible, terrible that's, job. That's ridiculous. That's a bad. When you get an engagement party should be like when my wife and I got engaged. It was like that that um evening. Like we got engaged and that evening. We had like our family and friends over to like celebrate like that evening. Like if you got to do it that evening, that weekend, that week, you can't do months later. You are absolutely. You can and a week that. after New Year's, like people are busy. Like it's a busy time. Like post holidays, there's a lot going on. I don't get it. But yeah, yeah skip yeah. out, man. Well, the other side is I go to Georgia. It's the party Saturday. And then I fly from Atlanta to Miami and do that. But then I get like a day in Miami. I would no, like to give you the week. doctor's note. Just yeah, skip I, would, it. I would like a whole weekend, maybe hit club live, hit the beach, have some fun. The Clevelander guys, you ever hit the Clevelander club live? No. All right. Clevelander's fun. Cleveland. We've had some good, I've had some good times with the Clevelander. I got to figure out though. Cause I got, I'm supposed to have jury duty that Monday. And so I got to figure out if I, I think you can, I think I can get off jury duty if I'm not in the state because I'm traveling for work. I think that's, I, I hope that's an acceptable. Tell excuse. them you have the next five months free after that and find a time in, uh, in the next five months after that. Connor Hughes, follow him on Twitter. Connor underscore J underscore Hughes and catch him on SNY. Of course, Connor, good to uh, finally have you on gangs all here. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I realized I could do these things here in this uh, this office. I've never, I, I didn't do it when I had my podcast, The Athletic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just bring Zach in for it next time. We'll have him sit in the back. See you in five minutes. What do you think about the matchup Sunday? Uh, you playing Buffalo. <laughs> That'll say goodnight to episode 128 of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me produce the show. Thanks to Connor Hughes for joining the show. He does a terrific job covering the Jets and Giants for SNY. Make sure you catch up on all old episodes you may have missed by finding Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts, and click the follow, click the subscribe button, and click subscribe on the New York Post Sports YouTube page if you want to watch our pretty faces. Full uncut episodes and clips can be seen there. Follow us on Twitter at Brian Cos. 
tweet me at Jake Brown Radio. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Monday following that big Jets matchup against the Bills. We'll see if my prediction could be wrong. I'll be glad if it is in a monster game. Do the Jets leave Buffalo 8-5? and Or do they leave 7-6? We'll find out. We'll talk to you Monday. Batty, batty, batty.